0: Okay, so in the last episode, I talked about the construct being sort of shepherded into the directions of people who are largely at the helm of our technological development at least in this in this multiverse. Um, I also talked about the akashic field and how we access it for ideas um almost on a daily basis. And um, I kind of want to develop that thought a little bit more. Um, So that's what brought about this episode. So a few things. Um, One, a personal story. My first experience with, um, my, my first conscious experience with the Akashic field was one day I was sitting at home. I was all alone and I was like reading or playing with my phone or something like that. And um, out of the blue, I heard this thought, like a very loud and vocal thought. And um, I mean, it was like a voice and it said, uh, take sleeping pills. Um, the weird thing was that it was not in my voice, it was not in my speaking voice, um, as for my thinking voice rather, um, it, it's, it, and it didn't really match anything that was happening in my life. Um, I was not suicidal. I am not an emotionally unstable individual. Um, I was actually pretty happy at the time. And I also don't take pills. So, like, I don't know why that thought would have even popped into my head. The only thing, the only sort of feeling I had intuitively was that I must have accidentally kind of tapped into somebody else's sort of thoughts or reality experience or heard something you know, from a, you know how, like, when you're, you're on a phone, this happened to me, actually, um, a couple of days ago, I was on the phone with one of my friends, and all of a sudden, like, we both heard somebody kind of go, woo, and, and he thought it was me, and he was like, that's kind of, um, uncharacteristic, like, you don't really make noises like that, and I'm like, I thought that was you, that was definitely not me, and you're absolutely right, I never say woo, particularly for no reason, so, like, I, um, I guess the wires had gotten crossed. And so we um, had kind of tapped into um, unknowingly, unwittingly had tapped into a sort of, I guess an alternate conversation that somebody was having. This used to happen quite a bit when cell phones first kind of came into existence. Um, When we first started all collectively um, using cell phones, you would like kind of be able to hear uh, other people's conversations briefly um we don't notice that as much now um at least i don't think or at least not in my personal experience but when it does happen it is very um uh, unnerving i guess to say for lack of a better word um yeah and so that kind of what that was kind of what i thought had happened something similar where you know somehow my thought had kind of my thought uh, i train or I don't know what terminology you want to use, but somehow I'd accidentally kind of access somebody else's like thought patterns. And so um, just to be on the safe side, I kind of just because I was freaked out, you know, so I kind of just like left the house. And surely as soon as I drove, like at least like I think it was like 50 feet away from the house, I started feeling better. And I realized that someone close by to our home might have been dealing with some you know, having some issues, but that, that kind of always stuck with me. Um, and that was kind of, like I said, my first sort of conscious encounter with the Akashic field. So I mentioned in the previous episode that the Akashic field was basically like Google for the simulation. It has stored within it all possible ideas, experiences, you know, thought forms, um, tulpas, um, non-corporal, um, creations and and all of that kind of out there and we all more or less access it but you know unconsciously when you say oh I have an idea you didn't really have an idea what you did was you accessed an idea Um, before you come into the simulation it has contained within it its own sort of um all probabilities that you know and like I think the illusion the illusion that I made in the last episode was like to a, like comparing it to a sim and how when you go and you say you choose a sim while you're playing the, the video game of the sims and you have your sim uh, paint, your sim isn't actively creating a painting, right? It's not, there's no creativity happening. What's happening is that there are images that were pre-programmed into the simulation before. You even purchase the game, and all you're doing is sort of accessing those capabilities by uh, choosing to have your uh, sim paint. And so that's it. And that's more or less how the Akashic field uh, also works. It, it's uh, The information has already been pre-programmed into our simulation, and then you're more or less just using your avatar, your body, uh, your mind to access that. And um, you kind of experience that a lot, too, when you are plagued with doubt and negativity and, and things of that nature where you can't shake. Um, there are non corporeal entities. So think of it like, uh, to use the analogy of uh, a website where you kind of go to the wrong site and you're trying to search something and then like all of a sudden, like, because of the nature of the website, you just get like a bunch of different pop-ups and then as you try to like, get out of it, um, you almost have to just exit the whole thing. So think about it like that, like if you are already kind of operating in a particular mindset where you are thinking negative thoughts, it could be about anything really. You could accidentally tune in you know or go to a website like in the same sense, click on the the wrong link as you you would like when you're on the internet. The same thing can happen on the akashic field, so you can accidentally. Tune into the wrong frequency, so to speak, and accidentally inadvertently activate a negative thought form or negative thought pattern that then sort of becomes hard to shake, like those pop ups that you try to kind of get out of um, that eventually you have to just close the whole window. That happens a lot. And because it's, you know it takes the form of your 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 thoughts. You think that it's you that's you know developing the, these thoughts, these negative thoughts. Just like when you have an idea, you think it's your idea, but it's really not. Like if you um, study uh, the history of uh, scientific discoveries, particularly in the field of um, like quantum physics and and, and math, uh, a lot of these uh, scientists all more or less report the same thing that typically when they actively tried to come up with these theories themselves, they found no success. And usually these theory, these um, theories kind of popped into their minds when they stopped trying to think or they go out and went for a walk. Some have claimed to have the theories appear to them in dreams. So clearly, if they, through trying to actively think up theories, are unable to do so, and these theories actually quote unquote come to them. It's not really coming to them. The theory is already out there, existing in the Akashic field, and then they more or less are just accessing it um, you know, when they're not I guess more when they're not restrained by the Avatar's waking mind, so to speak. Um and so I, I kinda wanna dive a little bit more to uh the non corporeal entities that that feed negative um, thought patterns. Um, so like I said, we're all programmed to think that when you have a negative thought that you're the one originating. And I want you to kind of turn that on its head and instead sort of think of it as you originating these thoughts, because if you originated it, then clearly it should have been, it should be easy for you to stop thinking, but obviously you're not originating it. You've kind of accidentally accessed something negative And what you're trying to do is like to, you know, to reuse the uh, pop-up analogies once those negative thoughts kind of pop up um, you're trying to like exit out and if you are operating under the mindset that you're the one who's creating these thoughts and of course exiting out of those um, thought forms become harder because you kind of start fighting with yourself but because when you're online you know that you know, okay. Well, I'm just I'm on a website where I shouldn't be, and clearly these tend to be the nature of these sort of sites. It's easier for you to not panic and leave out. And so I want you to take those that same kind of mindset and understand that we're all connected to this akashic field. You can call it the collective consciousness. You should you can call it our neural net network, whatever you want to call it. And you apply the same um, mindset and same ideologies that you normally would when you access the internet, because like I said, the internet is a type of, you know, neural network. It's a, it's a modern Akashic field. We're just, we're basically replicating, you know, what already exists, right? As above, so below, what exists in the macro, also exists in the micro. We create simulations because we're in a simulation, there's nothing new under the sun. So if you are aware of that, it then becomes easier to deal with. So you know that thoughts are things, right? And you aren't, you're not creating these negative thoughts because if you were, it would be easy for you to kind of walk away from. Basically, there are, they have been other human beings or there are other human beings that are either in proximity to you or just throughout history that have been in situations that are similar to, to the one that you found yourself in and have fed these you know, non entities or thought forms, whatever you want to call it, with their negative energy and have created these sort of entities now using the power of consciousness. And when you shift your mind to a negative state, you're more or less like browsing those negative frequencies. And as a result, you can attract to yourself or inadvertently land on uh, an entity uh, that vibrates in that frequency. Uh, a good analogy I got from the book that I um, mentioned in previous episode, uh, Think and Grow Rich, the original version, the unabridged original version, um, talks about uh, fear. Um, so fear is just a negative mind state, right? Um, and you... It's a thought form that you allow by not willing it away, right? You allow it to kind of manifest. And what fear is, is um, it's a frequency. And you just tune into the frequency the way you either, to use a, na- a radio analogy, the way you go to a, um, a radio station and you listen to a particular type of music or PR or a podcast or whatever, um, or to use a website, um, to use an internet analogy, it's like, going to, you know, like a a dark web kind of thing, Um, and so they exist there. Now, they exist out there, and your mind is just, you know, either you want to use the analogy of a a quantum computer, you can, you want to use the analogy of a radio tuner, you can, Um, whatever helps you better understand the phenomenon of what you are experiencing, and then better deal with it. So, we constantly, we live in a situation, we live in a simulation, the present simulation we find ourselves in is one in which most human beings are negatively primed. And what I mean by that is that the base, the base function, the base setting, right, the default setting of most human thought patterns, for whatever reason, is um, set to the negative, right? Right. Um, And so you can see that when you interact with other human beings, when you interact with other people, um, you say you have a good idea or say you've accessed the Akashic field and you tapped into something that could be beneficial and profitable for you in in whatever reality experience that you desire to manifest. And the first person you go, you tell them nine times out of 10, this person is going to say something negative. They can't help themselves mostly because they are unconscious and so negativity is a programmed response. Now you have a choice. Most people aren't aware of that. There is always, you know, a choice, right? So if you can be negative, you can also be positive. You can tune into one frequency. You can tune into whatever frequency you want to, but the default setting is to find yourself in a particular vibrational field of particular vibrational frequency. So say you have an idea or you tap into the Akashic field and you pull onto yourself something that could be profitable for you. And you want to take that idea, you want to manifest it, manifest it into this reality experience using your creative abilities. And I'm using terminology that most people aren't going to talk about or because they don't really understand. But if you really take the time to do the research and think about the things that I'm saying as well, um, it, it makes perfect sense. I mean, your mind is a tool of creativity. Um, And so you can either choose um, to vibrate with them and agree, and then that's you tuning into their frequency, or you can turn the station. Um, The choice is yours. The problem is a lot of us are not aware that there's ever really a choice. And it's the people who, for however, for whatever reason, become sort of cognizant of the fact that just because somebody says something, you know, or expresses a negative belief doesn't mean that you have to accept it. The moment you accept it, you manifest a probability. If you accept a negative suggestion by another person, then you more or less allow them to hypnotize you into manifesting a negative reality that you don't desire right We're all quote unquote hypnotizing each other we're all making suggestions and altering people's reality experiences. And like I said, the default setting uh, for most avatars, particularly in this society, for whatever reason, is negative. You can tune different. Now, the analogy that I was uh, alluding to earlier was in the book, uh, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. He talked about bees. So you could have a human being, right? Two human beings sitting next to each other. And one of them could be afraid of a bee and that very emotion of fear will send out a frequency that will cause the bee to sting one individual the individual that's exuding the negative energy that has tuned into the negative frequency and not sting the other person you see the same thing with dogs they say dogs can sense our fear not necessarily they can sense our fear. If you want to look at things from a quantum perspective, you can think of it as all all probable realities existing simultaneously, and you more or less just choosing which frequency or which reality experience you desire. Right? So out there there is a reality where you don't get stung by the bee. But your fear or you allowing that fear emotion, that fear thought form to more or less, hijack your creative energy will shift your consciousness to the reality experience that manifests th- the fear that you've allowed to kind of latch onto you. So uh, loop that three times until it sinks in. So it's not that the bee sensed your fear and it came and attacked you. A lot of these creatures that we deal with, for the most part, same with humans, are largely unconscious. So they're not vindictive that the bee doesn't want to die, which is what happens when it stings you. It's just when you send out a negative impulse, what you do is you attract to yourself negative things. When you tune... Like I said, so think about let's use a radio frequency again. Okay, so you're sitting in your car, you reach out and you're looking for a station. Most people are programmed to tune to the negative frequency. So imagine that the negative frequency is to your left. So if you turn the dial left, yeah, then everything that you experience when you're tuned to the negative frequencies are going to be negative. Right so if you are feeling fear that means you're turning your dial your reality experience dial to all the probable realities where negative things happen and as a result you will experience negative things just and think of these negative experiences like radio channels right different stations and all these stations are different probabilities containing within them like fucked up realities that you could inadvertently manifest for yourself because you don't understand the way these things work. And the same logic applies to the opposite. If you start to kind of feel fear, imagine yourself like, no, 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 I'm turning the dial to the left and shake off that vibration and turn it towards the right. And by turning it towards the right, you're basically, by being positive, you're basically choosing different reality experiences that contain positive experiences for you. But you're the one in control. Right? You're the one in charge. Um, the problem is that there's so many levels that you have to get past in this reality. So there's there's so many levels. First, you have to underst- you have to get past the fact that your belief in the fact that this is base reality is false if you can kind of get past that then reality becomes easier to navigate right it's like a dream yeah if you're if you're in a nightmare yeah you are kind of powerless to control it unless you wake up to the fact that wait this isn't real this is just a dream and then you become more able to control the construct so to speak yeah so i'm i'm throwing a lot of concepts at you um and I I strongly recommend and you know, urge you and I do this this is a constant practice of mine. I don't listen to something once. I don't read something once. I listen to something at least three times because through the act of repetition that you basically once once again, you're you're reprogramming your avatar, and if you're wondering what I mean by avatar, I, I guess um, your avatar is a human body. Yeah, so every simulation has an avatar, the body that you you have so far identified with as yourself is your avatar. So when you look in the mirror and you think, "Oh, that's me," it's not you; it is a it's a construct that allows you to sort of operate within. Our reality matrix, okay, and it has obviously contained within it its own intelligence, and you have to understand that it has its own nature and and its nature, its default, like every other avatar, you know, has a default, has a certain set of programmed um, metrics. You, as the operator, you are not the avatar; you are the operator of the avatar. Can go in and tweak it but only if you are conscious of the fact that you are not the avatar. And until you become conscious of the fact that you are not the avatar, it will continuously shift you and your reality experiences to the negative experiences. And I guess the question is, why would it do that? And I kind of delve into that a bit more On my other podcast, I guarantee. uh, I think you should check it out. I guarantee you should check. I think you should check it out. I guarantee you love it. Um, That podcast is called "The Dark Oracle's Guide to the Multiverse." Once again, "The Dark Oracle's Guide to the Multiverse." It is a 15 episode anthology. You can start with uh, "Wake Up Neo" episode 15, and in that, I kind of delve into it a bit more as to. why it's set to negative? Um. So check. I. I. I encourage you to check it out. And you can find it across all the uh platforms, the podcast platforms. Um, same way you found you found this uh podcast. Um, Overcast, Spotify, iTunes, etc., Google Podcasts. So, yeah. So to wrap it all up, the. Akashic field is nothing more than a spiritually fancy way of saying it's the Google. Akashic field is the Google of our reality matrix. That's it. And anything that you kind of want or any ideas, you the same way you can go to Google and search, you know, ideas or pictures or formulas or whatever, you can access with your mind the Akashic field. Another thing is, too, so in uh, Napoleon Hill's Thinking and Grow Rich, he, towards the end of the book, mentioned that he had imagined these characters like Thomas Edison, Henry Ford, Abraham Lincoln, Napoleon uh Napoleon Bonaparte. I was going to say Napoleon Dynamite. Napoleon Bonaparte, and they more or less counseled him, and he was afraid to kind of speak on it because obviously it was a fear ridicule, ridicule rather. And eventually he moved past it and just said, you know, truth is truth. Because ultimately the basic understanding is when you criticize a person, when somebody criticizes you, they're only hurting yourself because the act of criticism is literally just tuning into the negative frequency. And when you tune into negative frequency, you are more or less attracting, for lack of a better word, negative negative things to you, or you're tuning in and selecting negative reality experiences. So a person who criticizes you cannot hurt you. You're only hurting themselves. And they can't hurt you unless you give them the power to by fearing their criticism. And once you are afraid of their criticism, then you're also tuning in to the negative frequencies as well, so he eventually, you know, came to the conclusion that I think that there was a certain part of his brain that was like actually materializing these um, individuals because the information that they were giving to him were actually very valuable in his uh, life. Now, what I took from that is very simple. Um, if you think about every person in history that had ever to sort of have existed as just Characters that are a construct of the Matrix, and that they're merely con- merely controlled by you know people's um, consciousness. So they always will exist in the reality, right? Because all of time is happening is once at once rather, and time is a, is an illusion. Then it's not difficult to manifest somebody from the past and engage with them because they are more or less just pre-existing personas that are a part of the nature of the construct, the way the sun is and the moon is, right? They're part of the construct. And the only thing is that they're just created by, or I should say not created, they are controlled by different consciousnesses depending on the uh, multiverse that you're in. And I guess to simplify that, what I mean by that is think of like a video game, right? If I bought Um, I like to use uh, Super Mario Brothers as an example. So if I bought Super Mario Brothers and I'm controlling Super Mario, um, Super Mario is not, Mario is not, I don't own Mario, right? Just because I control him in the game doesn't mean I own Mario. Any person that logs into Super Mario Brothers can also play as Mario. And Mario has contained within him predetermined, pre-programmed, um, construct of his personality, and so I can go and talk to Mario, and even if he, you know, he he's part of the game, and so I can interact with him because he is fixed to the game, and so myself, like say after I die in this reality, or I should say after the person controlling Joe logs off of this reality someone out there through time through space can still manifest the my persona the persona joe that i'm presently inhabiting right now and ask her things and that persona will react and respond in ways that i would normally react and respond because my personality for better or worse give or take is a sort of pre-programmed construct and was and always will be a pre-programmed construct with particularly with fixed and particular personality traits so it really it's i know it's kind of mind-boggling and like i said listen to it three times and it starts to sinking i'm trying to explain it as simply as i can but it also helps using the analogy but the biggest and first thing that you have to do is stop identifying with the form Because that's a certain type of insanity. It's like saying, because I played as Lara Croft, I am now Lara Croft. You have to look in the mirror and realize that other people, other consciousness have played as you, have embodied your your form and will embody your form. Other people will play as you. On the other podcast, uh, The Dark Oracle's Guide to the Multiverse, I used um, in, a, in a couple, of, I think it was an episode, might have been episode 12 or 13, I used the uh, Avengers and Disney um, as an example. So I say, think of it as like, we're in the future and... Disney World isn't just you going on like goofy rides anymore. It's like you go in, you plug up, you log on to a uh, virtual reality world of Marvel, Marvel World, and you get to play as, you get to be Iron Man for as long as you're connected. You get to be Iron Man, you get to be um, T'Challa, you get to be um, whatever other characters, I can't think of any of them right now, right? So the the lines, the story, the plot of Iron Man is already pre-programmed into the simulation before you even put the helmet on, right? And you can access from anywhere in the world and from any console, you can access Tony Stark and communicate with him. And he would be able to communicate with you even as an AI construct, Um in a pretty realistic form because of whatever metrics um, he's been pre-programmed with. When you put on the helmet and you log on and you upload your consciousness into the form of Tony Stark, you are not Tony Stark. You don't own Tony Stark. The corporation, Disney, owns Tony Stark. And so the corporation that's behind the formulation and the creation and the programming of our simulation owns your body. Your DNA is a fucking code. Hello. So they pre programmed you, they pre programmed your code. You might be playing on defa- default setting, which is negative, or you might choose to go free play mode and become more conscious, which is kind of more or less what I'm doing and probably what you're doing as well if you're listening to a podcast like this. But once you log off or once you quote unquote die for good um, and you leave the simulation for good, hopefully, and <laughs> um, somebody else can log on and play as you. You don't own the experience and maybe you can modify it the way you know like say bitcoin people can go in and kind of you know change the code it's like open um open source so maybe your personality your persona your avatar rather is an open source avatar and so you can log in and alter the storyline however you see fit um but you don't own it you're just a subscriber to the simulation and you have to start looking at things like that and people like that as well all right